Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Sport Flex podcast and I'm happily joined by Great Britain women's American football team's national captain and former Buffalo Bills coach Phoebe Shesta. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing very well, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. You know, lockdown has been stressful, but you know, I'm healthy, so that's good. How is you and your family? Yeah, everything's going well. I, I'm in the US at the moment and I should have been coming back on Monday, but I'm cheating. I'm using my dual citizenship to my advantage and waiting for lockdown to end before I come back. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So whereabouts do you reside in the US? Um, so I live in Connecticut, but to be honest, I've not really been there since I got here. I've been in Florida for a month with different like football events. Currently, I'm sat in Nashville, Tennessee, um, which I did not know was this cold. It is zero <laughs> degrees out, which wow. is a learning. Yeah, exactly. And then I go back to Connecticut this weekend. Well, that's good. That's good. So let's get straight into it. Phoebe Shestar, you've you've done a lot. You're the first ever, obviously, um, British female NFL coach. You're the captain of the national team for Great Britain. How did it all start? Where did it all begin? Tell us about your upbringing. Yeah, so it's kind of a bit crazy, really. I I guess we're winding back to nine years ago. So my mom is British and she's from like the Stoke area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, up northwest. And um, we were just, I, I just thought I'd go over visit see my gran she lives up there and my gran was very persistent as you know they can be and she's like you should see what your options are you know having dual citizenship why don't you go and and see if you can get any work over here interviewed with this gentleman on the dutch olympic team for three-day eventing so with horses uh and it, it was the craziest interview because i said to him look i i have a job back in the states even if I got the job here, I couldn't move for another year. I really hadn't intended to get the job. And he literally ended the interview. It was like, right, you're hired, figure it out. I'll see you next December. Wow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay then. Um, and I think actually it was probably, I mean, I know it's the best thing that ever could have happened to me because I think as we go through life, we we kind of plateau or we just get used to you know, moving in the same speed in the same direction and, and kind of being forced into this move essentially really helped me to grow so much. It might have felt like a lot of pressure from the outside and it was really uncomfortable, but it was by far the greatest gift that I could have received in life. Um, So yeah, I moved over here December, 2012 and I was 22 years old. And then I kept working I was looking for an ad, or sorry, I was looking on Facebook and saw an ad for American football in Manchester. Yeah. And I, I just thought like all the signs were showing, right? That, you know, it was a bit of American culture. It would have been a great way to have like a social group because I moved over by myself. Yeah. And, you know, horses are very similar to American football in terms that it's 24 seven. So you just need a little break from something at times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, went and tried for the team. Crazy enough, somehow made it, even though I'd never played a contact sport. Really? And yeah, literally I'd never played. I mean, I played sports growing up, but I mean, horses were always main, main sport, lacrosse, bit of basketball, you know, things like that. But yeah. I'd always worked. I'd always 
been around horses. Like that was forever my focus since I was like four years old. (laughs) So then I'm in England and that's it. (laughs) So was you ever into American football? Was it just like you said, you just picked it up and thought, let me give it a try. Yeah. So I hate to say it only because I found American football really hard to watch when I was in the States. You know, I like my my mom was never into football. Like they were never really into sports and and horses took over my life where I was working. So I just never really got an interest in it. Um, and, and I feel bad saying that, but now it's kind of become my life. And that's why I think it made it even crazier that I ended up falling in love with the sport when I moved to England. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you think because obviously in England, American football is getting much popular in the UK now, but around like about five, eight years ago, it was really like unpopular. Everyone would say, oh, it's just, it's not a manly sport because they've got helmets and all of that. It takes too long, but it's just crazy how you fell in love with it here. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, have you ever played the sport? I've never played it personally. I played rugby, but not American football. And I've seen it and I don't intend on playing it anytime <laughs> soon because it's very oh rough. Gosh. It is, but I think you, I mean, I'd imagine you'd be good at it if you play rugby. What position do you play in rugby? Oh, I, I don't play rugby like that. I played it like when I was in school, but I'm, yeah. I'm more like um, soccer or football. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more into that. Basketball, watch basketball. And I've oh, been cool. getting into NFL, so I'm watching that. So I haven't really got a position yet, but yeah. I'd probably like to be a quarterback, the least amount of contact possible. <laughs> my, my arm strength isn't there. <laughs> we'll have to work on it. We'll work on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what position do you play at the moment? Um, at the moment, I play kind of an outside linebacker. So um, it's, it's, I love it because I get to, you know, move laterally, be quick with that. You essentially are just looking to hit whoever has the ball. Um, and, and it really, I love playing. I just feel free when I play it. Yeah. Uh, but I started at quarterback because, oh, yeah. yeah, because of my accent. <laughs> <laughs> People assumed I could throw the ball, which to be clear, I could not throw the ball. (laughs) Um, And then luckily, when so when we started women's American football in the UK, we kind of went from like a top down approach. So essentially, we started with our national program. So women's GB. And the idea was off of that, all the girls involved would then go off and create their own club teams, which to be fair happened. But when I started at quarterback, I was really like mediocre, if not less. I had no idea what I was doing, what I was looking at, <laughs> anything like that. And luckily we had another great quarterback come along called Joe Kilby. Um, and she, from then on, continued to be our GBQB for ages. But my head coach at the time said, you know, if you want to be successful, if you want to continue to be on this team, you're going to have to find another position. Yeah. And uh, for me, you know, I'd always kind of had a bit of an affinity for contact and even a quarterback, I was like encouraging that too much. <laughs> so they, they threw me in on defense, threw me in with the linebackers and my heart has been there. My energy has been there ever since. <laughs> okay. So the, the linebacker, that's your position. Yeah. <laughs> and, and since you started playing for obviously great, how, how did you get, get involved with great Britain's women's team? Was it, you were playing, um, football for a local team or did you just come straight in and play for the women's team yeah so essentially the kind of team I trialed for originally when I moved here was um just like a a club team essentially in Manchester and one of my teammates and I think this is something that's so cool about the sport in general and women's sport is 
that everyone is so close. You become a family. It's a really great like social network. And one of the girls, she had found out about GB doing trials. And she was like, look, just come along, come try it out, you know, literally trial for it and see what you think. Mm. Um, and, and I was like, oh gosh, I don't know, you know, how that's going to work or anything, but yep. Went right along with her and it was awesome. You know, and I, I feel so lucky that like, I'm still really close with all those girls I met my first time playing football all those years ago now and we're still we're still tight today so which is awesome that's good was when you came to the uk was you surprised that there was a, a women's american football team even to play because you know american football not popular in the uk and especially with regards to women's participation is growing but you wouldn't have supposed that it would be as big as it was no not at all i, I mean i was so surprised and i think that's for me, what made me feel even more like I had to do it because I was like, this is a sign, right? Like, I mean, I think everything happens for a reason anyways. And the fact that I saw this, like, what were the chances that it popped up on my, you know, whatever screen and, and I saw, I need to, I need to just give this a go. Like everything's telling me to try this. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And I mean, it was life-changing. I didn't even know it then, but it was life-changing because a year later I decided to change my career so that I could get into like the strength and conditioning side so that I could help out, you know, people who are playing the sport. I could make my own schedule to allow me to actually go and practice with the team. So I really made an intentional decision that this is what I want to do going forwards. Yeah. And how difficult was it to have a career change in that sense? Yeah. You know, I I think it's tough. And I, I think a lot of people nowadays are, kind of on the same page too because you know we all go to university or we go to college and you Mm. think you want to do one thing and you grew up your whole life thinking this is the only way it can be I have to do this I have to go to school and and I know different cultures and backgrounds all have even more specific pressures on that but you know I I have studied horses like that does not help me at all right now (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know the career change was awesome It, it was good for me to have to go back to school to learn to find something I was passionate about something I could still help others I think there's a lot of benefit I think you take pieces from your experiences in life and your education in life and you you almost without knowing are forming what you want to do long run Uh, so for me that's that's how I imagine it and I like to still you know there's lots of learnings that I have from my lifetime of working with horses um, that I can apply to today, you know, lessons and whatnot that I can use in sport or in life today. So I think, you know, I wouldn't want to look at back and say, oh, that was a waste of time because it, it has helped me so much and, and helped form me into the person I am today. Yeah. And what kind of similarities did you take or skills did you take from working with horses for so long and then coming into American football, a much different sport, contact sport? What kind of transferable skills were there for you um I mean there's I'll go through a few of them I mean the fact that also I was used to being around you know 800,000 pound animals like I was like people are nothing like you guys weigh (laughs) nothing compared to these creatures you're having to push across you know so and like even the literal like conditioning that you don't even realize is happening carrying water buckets you know silly things like that but you know, as a kid and, and for all those horse riders out there, you are always taught that the second you fall off, you have to get it right back on. Yeah. And, and that has been a, ma- a massive lesson because I'm not, you know, I apply that to life in terms of I'm not afraid to fail because 
I will always learn something from it. You know, and you, you do, you have to, you might've hit a bump in the road, but you have to push through, you have to keep going. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing It's made me so responsible because uh, from, I don't know, I think I was eight years old, I started volunteering at a horse rescue. And by 13, I adopted my own little pony. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's a responsibility. Like you have an actual living being that relies on you and needs your attention and needs you to take care of it every day. So that level of work ethic that's developed, that level of dedication, you know, doing something for someone that's like for the bigger picture or for something that's greater than yourself, you know, you wouldn't have thought you were doing that as a kid growing up, but it it's genuine. Like there's so many amazing people and kids out there that have had to, you know, perhaps take care of their parents growing up or yeah. take care of their little siblings. Like all those lessons that, that those people learn are actually setting them up for success. It might not be great. And, you know, when you're 10, 12 years old, you want to be hanging out with your friends, but you've got responsibility at home. You know, when you're, when you guys are in your twenties and thirties, like they're going to be so much better off from being more prepared for life, you know? Yeah. And that's true. Exactly what you said. Like the amount of responsibility you're taking. And do you feel like that's helped you within your coaching career as well? Yeah, massively. I just feel so much better prepared. Like, you know, even throughout high school, throughout whatever, like I've always worked. I've never stopped working, whether it was restaurants at night, you know, I never, I never like, I was commuted to college or high school or or university, sorry. So it, it was never like about hanging out with friends. It's always about, okay, what do I, I need to keep working. This is what I need to do. This is the way of life. And now you know getting into the nfl getting into american football that is it you have got to have a good work ethic you have got to be willing to put in the hours to do the dirty work and build your way up and i'm not afraid of doing that i almost kind of like it because it changes you know you get like a different viewpoint all the time (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) and how did your coaching like how did you get involved in coaching what made you think you know let me be a coach. Let me try coaching American football. Yeah. So I knew that I wouldn't be able to play forever despite I'm 31 now and I'm still (laughs) playing at some point. I'm sure I will quit playing, but um, I, I just wanted to find a way to, to kind of extend my career, give back to the sport, especially in the UK. I mean, the UK changed my life from the second Mm. I moved here and fell in love with the sport. So my goal has always been to, you know, how can I send the elevator back down and getting involved in youth coaching was a great way to do that. It was also selfishly a good way for me to build up my confidence uh, because I'd never coached the sport before. Um, So I I really enjoyed that. And then it was, it was basically, I did a talk for um, British American football coaches association on like the female athlete. And there was coaches over from the States who heard my talk and they said, Hey, we'd love for you to come out and shadow us. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. So I went out to, you know, paid my own way, made out to Los Angeles, was out at university of Laverne for two weeks, just learning and absorbing and just being around the sport 24 seven. And I completely fell in love with it. It just like sparked this flame in me where I thought this is exactly what I need to be doing. Um, and from there, I just really geared my life towards how do I, I didn't know what my opportunities were at that time, but I knew I wanted more football. Mm. Um, and so kind of fast forwarding again, we went to um, something called the Women's World Football Games 
And essentially that's an event they were putting on annually where females from around the world would come together and do like a five day football camp. And it was awesome, you know, and, and you got to learn from other people. And, you know, even though you had different languages, everybody spoke the same language of football. And I was, yeah, it was so cool. Um, And they started doing something called like NFL career forums at these events. Mm -hmm. So you'd have these incredible speakers like Scott Pioli, who was the assistant GM of the Falcons and the Patriots before that. Kim Bagula, owner of the Buffalo Bills, Dean Blandino, like head referee, um, Ron Rivera, like the list goes on, you know? And they were really great because they were honest about what it's like to work in the NFL. You know, everyone sees it and it's on this pedestal and it's amazing, but you don't actually know the ins and outs of it or what it Mm. actually takes to, to be at that level. So they were really great about sharing their stories, the the harsh realities and the, and the great side as well. And from there, it was, just, it was really about networking um, and also applying for something called the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship. And what that is, is basically like trying to get a foot in the door for minorities. So especially in, in American football, essentially you're not a, like a white male, a white American male that yeah. pretty much outside of that considers you a minority in the sport. Um, you apply for teams, you hope one picks you. And, and that was kind of it. You know, I'd, I'd chosen my five teams. I'd heard back from three basically saying, you know, no, um, I'd been in contact with the Atlanta Falcons Mm -hmm. because Scott Pioli became one of my mentors and, and really great friends. And I mean, lucky enough to still have him in my life like that. And I, and then it came down to the Buffalo Bills. So I remember I left my meeting with Scott in the New York um, NFL office had an email from coach McDermott at the bills saying to call wow. him. I was like running through the streets <laughs> of New York in the rain, got in the, the cab and, um, called him up and he was like, Hey Phoebe, uh, this is coach McDermott, Buffalo bills. Are you speaking with any other teams right now? And I wanted to be really transparent. And I said, yes, I'm speaking with Scott Pioli, um, and the Falcons. And he was like, okay, well, tell Scott, thank you very much, but you're going to be a bill now. And that was it. I was like, I'm in. (laughs) And that was, it was, it was the most amazing, memorable moment I think I've I've ever had. (laughs) Oh, wow. So just speaking during that whole process of applying for it, is it a vigorous application scheme or was it just, you apply, you send a cover letter and CV and then they just pick from there? Yeah. So you, you send your CV, you send a, a, like a coach's CV, which is a bit different to your normal resume. Yeah. You've got your cover letter. Um, if a team reaches back out to you, you know, they ask also for video of you coaching, video of oh, you okay. doing a classroom session. Um, they, you then have three interview processes off of that. Wow. So one, yeah. And it's always like, if you make it off of that. So one was just to get a feeling of, uh, you know, who I am, what my knowledge base is. Next is with a potential positional group that you might be with. And the last one is with Coach McDermott. So it's really quite rigorous. <laughs> yeah. And just speaking, how was the interview with Coach McDermott? <laughs> you know, it was, it was, I think at that point I was just so, I was excited, but I was so nervous. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think it was really, the interview with Coach McDermott was, what sealed the deal for me that this is the team I wanted to be with. When you speak to someone and you get such good energy from them and you feel like you're 
completely on the same wavelength. That's for me. And I know I was in a very fortunate situation that I had two teams offering me, but that was the massive pull. Like he was the reason I wanted to be in Buffalo and I wanted to learn from him and just be around him and absorb his knowledge. Wow. That's crazy. So you get two teams, the Falcons and the Bills, but you chose the Bills, you went to the Bills. So you're now, is it summer internship? So it's just for the off season at this moment. So yes, mm -hmm, exactly. So you did, so my first year I did training camp and then stayed in contact um, I worked out at a university in the States. Uh, again, it's like we talk about kind of like putting in the work behind the scenes. I was there for the season. I made what they called bulldog bucks, which is like a lunch meal thing. So I had 500 bulldog bucks to last me an entire season. That was my only pay. I lived on my head coaches, um, like lived in his basement. Uh, I ran to work like it was crazy, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, so did that. And then the following year, I came back to UK, started working for NFL UK, uh, had an amazing internship out at Stanford University, and then went straight to um, Buffalo again for training camp. And at the end of training camp that year, he asked me to, he offered me the job for the season. Um, and it was really cool because it was the first time, it was kind of like a pilot, essentially. We kind of made up this role, uh, which now lots of people have been able to benefit from as well, you know, which is, it's super cool. Yeah. And just speak about like the, your first ever like coaching session. You've come into a man's world, as you can see there. You've got big, big play people around you. Like, was you intimidated when you first went, or did you feel I'm here to do my job? I'm not frightened. Yeah, I think the the nervous energy or the butterflies or whatever that is is expected because it means you care about it, right? Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. I think you have to be conscious that you're the only female. I think there were things that I did that made it so you know we talk about like clothing for example right mm. they buffalo are amazing and they gave me this incredible like stashed collection when i first got there but they were all like female cut they were all like v-neck and i was like i can't i can't wear this like there's no way as a coach that i can be wearing like a low-cut shirt yeah. i need to be dressed the same as the guys mm -hmm. you know and so the, in terms of consciousness that was probably what i was thinking more like, I just want to be looked at as a coach, just be there to work. But other than that, like, I was just so excited. And I just wanted to make sure that I was contributing as much as I was getting so much back from the team. Yeah. And, you know, Buffalo really allowed that. They, I sat in on any meeting I wanted to sit in on, asked questions. The players were awesome. Um, my coach at the time, I was with Gilbert. So I was with DBs my first year. And Gil was great. He was like, all right, so how are we going to find a way for these guys to trust you? Yeah. And so, you know, cause it, even with you, like I could be like, okay, Brian, trust me. Well, why would you, you don't <laughs> yeah. know me. You know what I mean? Like trust is built off of shared experiences. And when you've got a short amount of time to build these shared experiences, sometimes you need to find a way to kind of speed that along. So we did, we took a we made a highlight video of my uh, tackles from like American football oh, and from this other crazy sport I call called Kabuddy. And so we took my, and it's Kabuddy is like very similar. It's, it's all about tackling. It's kind of like mixed with MMA. It's, it's nuts. So we um, made a highlight video and showed it to the players and they were like, oh, okay, like you can play. I get it. Like, and, and tackling was what they're about. So that was a good start. And then it was, 
putting in the effort. Like I'd be in the gym at 5 a.m. with the coaches, build my rapport with them. The players would see me working hard in the gym, you know, and, and all these little things build up to make trust. It wasn't forced. It wasn't anything like that. It ended up happening naturally, but um, it was awesome. It was, yeah, I just felt fortunate to be around all of them and learn. And it was really cool. And also how in depth is, is tactics in American football? Like, I've heard like American football is the most in-depth tactical game ever. I'm coming from where you was coaching um, for like a local team and then coming straight to the NFL. Like how big was the difference? It was crazy. Like I can't even explain it to you because I, I didn't even know what they were saying in terms of the terminology (laughs) to be able to ask a question. (laughs) I was like a deer in headlights for the first couple of days. I remember this one practice. I was there, we were on defense and we did it so that you've got like three groups, right? So imagine you've got like one group here, one here in the middle are supposed to be like your offense as like a scout team. And then you've got another side here. Mm -hmm. So like you were having to switch. So like they'd go against these team, the, t- the middle team would turn around. We go against these team. I was like running back and forth, like an idiot in the way, most of the time in the drill, yeah. you know, it just, the speed of elite of elite sport is insane. Yeah. Um, the, the verbiage that they use. So, you know, there was definitely a whole bunch that I just was not even ready for, but again, you have an opportunity then to push yourself and, and grow and learn, or you could, you could just sit there and be like, okay, well, I don't know what's happening, but I'll just chill and and kind of take it in. So for me, I made sure like I made a glossary uh, so I could start to kind of break down what everything meant, asked lots of questions, found, you know, whether it was a player or a coach that was able to like help me through it. Uh, And that's part of also being a part of a great organization who want to help you grow that that want to be that are progressive and forward thinking and and that culture runs from the top down there so you know it it ended up all right in the end but you know even there was no way like if coach McDermott offered me the end of that first year I was not nearly ready at all you know I just I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have even been of any use you know it was I needed to then from there go off to a, a college or university in the states learn from them, build my way up. And then the following year, like even my confidence grew so much more. Yeah. I was just going to say like, how big was that? You've come off the internship in the summer. You've gone off to Stanford University, is it? Mm -hmm. How crucial was that year at Stanford into building your repertoire, your knowledge, your confidences, or how big was that? Yeah. And to just have the ins and outs of it, like of an everyday, what it's like to be a part of a college team you know, that's, that's really key seeing how a playbook is built because the other thing with training camp, um, is that it is full speed ahead. They've already installed the playbook back in OTAs, you know, in the spring. So this is more like a recap. So for someone that's coming into it, you're full speed, things are, you know, moving really quickly and everyone knows the playbook. They're just kind of being reminded. So it's really hard to come in and try and like study and learn the playbook at the same time. Whereas when you're a part of a college team, so like Bryant University, I was able to be a part of why are we scheming for this? Why are we doing, you know, putting in these personnel groups or positional groups? So that made it so much, it just made things so much clearer. I could ask really in-depth questions because during the NFL season, even when I was there for the season, we have no time. We have no time to go over, you know, 
yes, there are X's and O's in terms of what we're scheming against, but the more minute details, there's just no time. And, and I tried, I did try. <laughs> That's right. And just speaking about how intense is like, you said you worked in that strength and condition. How intense is the fitness for all NFL players? Like how hard do they have to go? Yeah. So the schedule for NFL players in terms of strength and conditioning is they're pretty much lifting every day. So it's either, you know, they come in first thing in the morning and they do their lift or a lot of the veterans, like if they know how to take care of their bodies, they'll be in there at six on the, you know, Peloton or the, the cardio machine, whatever they need to do to get their bodies right. Um, there's also the like physio athletic trainer element of things that they have to be on top of themselves, rehabbing, prehabbing. We've got cryo machines, underwater treadmills, like zero gravity treadmills, anything that they, anything that they need, they have the recovery side of it as well. Um, and then, so if they're not working out in the morning, they usually try and switch it. So offense and defense aren't always one will maybe lift before practice. One will lift after practice. So that's intense because you're going two hours of full speed practice. And now you're going to lift after that. Uh, it's yeah, it's a bit crazy, but it's, you know, it's all to keep their bodies prepared. It's, it's really the preseason where the massive lifting is happening and they're really, really pushing their bodies during the season. You're looking more maintenance just to make sure that everyone, you know, is staying healthy. Yeah. And just a little side note, speaking as you are a coach and in the NFL, there's, 53 man roster how do you keep all 53 people I guess happy content with their position because you're going to have a backup quarterback and then you have even a reserve quarterback who's under that how do you keep them happy and telling them that they still got a part to play during the season yeah and I think it's it's the mindset right they they're professionals they know what they're signing up for they also know that it's competitive and that they've got to be giving their best all the time yeah. you know I think that there's also the the gratitude that comes along with the idea that you are in the NFL and 0.01% of people get to make it to the NFL. And that's, that's pretty incredible. And, and that's pretty special. So, you know, I think the mindset is like always be ready because you never know when your time will come. And, and that happens a lot with practice squad guys or quarterbacks. You'll see one gets hurt in a game, another one, you know, Mahomes and, and Henny, that was an incredible yeah. You know, he's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, but he stepped up, he was ready. So it's not like you can ever like take a, a seat back, a back seat or anything like that. You have to constantly be switched on and the coaches make sure, you know, yeah, if you've got like, if, if Josh Allen is our quarterback, the whole meeting is not for Josh. The whole meeting is yeah. for everyone because if Matt Barkley knows exactly what he's meant to do, he'll probably help Josh understand it in a different way. And the two of them can raise the bar for each other so that's key too yeah and just speaking about that we're even seeing now the Chiefs they're going to miss their two offensive tackles for the Super Bowl so and they're just going to be thrown in when they wouldn't yeah. have expected to yeah exactly next man up but they've you know they're gonna have to be ready they've been practicing all season um you know and that's why that's why you have a practice squad to have people fill those shoes whenever possible so I'm sure they'll be fine it will definitely be you know a, I guess a, a weakness that the Bucks will be looking at, you know, mm -hmm. trying to really rush those guys and put a lot of pressure on them. But those players know that, you know, and they they'll be ready for that, I'm sure. And, and they'll find ways to help them out. Maybe it's having another guy stay in and block if they're worried about those. You know, there's lots of solutions as long as we're constantly adapting and, and being resilient with it. Yeah. 
Now let's speak about like your first full season at the Bills, 2018 season, is it? Yeah. Like you're now on the touchline. You're with the guys. Like, how was that experience for you? You've you basically kind of made it in a sense. You're like, this is what I want to be, and you've done it in such a quick amount of time. Speak about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our first game was against the Ravens. Uh, and it was an away game. So that whole experience in itself was crazy because I'd never been on someone's like private plane like that. You know, we basically rock up to the airport. We have our own hangar where we've got our own TSA agent. We got snacks and food. You know, they check you in. You walk right on the runway to the plane and everything's bills decked out. You got your bills menu. You get snacks <laughs> in your chair. Uh, you land in the airport and then. And there's already like, I don't know how they know, but like when you get to the hotel, there's already fans there. So like when we first got there, there were fans lining, going up the escalators. But I'm like, how do they know what hotel we're staying at? You know, <laughs> super fans, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. They find mm. out somehow. So, yeah, it was that was pretty crazy. And um, and then when you get to the field the next day, you know, we do our night meetings and and that gets you just hyped up. And then mm. you get to the field the next day and it's like dang like I'm in Baltimore right now all the Ravens fans giving you the middle finger as you pull in you know <laughs> the full <Yeah>. experience <laughs> but it's no it's very much so humbling and pinch me moment and you know when my my coach Rob Boris he's my uh, tight ends coach with me and one of the things he's like the second that you you don't feel like it's a pinch me moment anymore like you almost don't deserve to be here because yeah. we're so lucky and, and I think that's the biggest thing gratitude and just acknowledging how fortunate we are to be able to do what we love as a living yeah and also how complicated is it when you're watching the game and they're calling plays on the go like how 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 are they, how are they making these sort of decisions during the games so a lot of people a lot of practice a lot of communi communication so you'll see there's the guys that are the coaches that are on the fields everyone's got their headsets and whatnot um josh or like your, your quarterback will have his yeah. headset in his helmet and usually your start your middle linebacker will have a headset in his helmet um and then you've got us up in the box as well so there's usually like nine of us in the box so you've got someone that's reading out what formations let's say the offense is coming out in what kind of personnel they are in so do you how many tight ends do you have is it running back and fullback how many receivers things like that which will then affect what the defense does right you don't want to have if you've got two fullbacks in or like a really heavy, bigger set of people, you don't want to be having lots of tiny little light DBs out there. You want to have mm -hmm. more stocky, like linebacker D line style. Yeah. Um, so you've got that element of it. And then like from an offensive point of view, what defense are they in? You know, what are their tendencies on first and second down? What do they run well, on third down? What do they run? You know, when you get down the field into the red zone, what defense do they come out in. So a lot of it is studying from, for the week up leading up to it, um, having an idea of what their identity is and what their tendencies are. And then on the day, you know, tracking what's been successful for us, tracking what the team's doing, because they might want to change it up. So at halftime, we come together, we give all of our stuff that we've seen up in the box, and hopefully we just adjust off of it and, and come out better at the second half, which is why you usually see teams be better in the second half because they've yeah. finally had time to regather and make adjustments and go yeah I was just going to say during the week in the lead up to a, a new game how much research goes into all the different plays because 
us in the UK, we know Americans love their stats. Like they've got stats for everything. Like the first person to ever run two yards and get a touchdown and do a front flip, they've got that sort of stat. <laughs> so how intense is that research period and how much pressure was on you to, you know, get those figures for the coach? Yeah. So we have a scouting team who will, who is assigned every scout essentially is assigned a different team. So let's say we're playing the jets. We'll have our scout. He will have broken down the whole offensive side, the whole defensive side um, respectively gives you all the information on the players, on the coaches, on their tendencies, what their history is. I mean, it's, it's like a packet like that thick, you know, it's, it's super, super descriptive. So that's, that's what's given to basically the offense and defense, respectively. We have a meeting with the coaches and then it's our job as coaches to break it down even more. Right. So we don't want to give the players too much information because they technically only have from they're off Tuesdays. So yeah, we want them to start studying, but they've only got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're playing. So they've only really got four days to absorb the information. Um, So then in terms of the actual week, we look at, as coaches, I, I guess it would help if I kind of broke down what a week looks like. Yeah, yeah, of course. So let's say Sunday night, we, we play our game. If it's an away game, we fly back. Um, we, we get our grading sheets out for the players, printed, sent to our coaches. If it's a home game, same thing. You just come back in the office. And then Monday, the players are in the building, rehabbing. Coaches, you review the game before. We've got like a 24-hour rule. So yes, we think about it. We adjust for 24 hours after our game and then we're over it because we got to get on to the next one. And that's when on the Monday we start really breaking down what the next team we're going to be facing is and what they do. Um, We review with our players as well. And that's really it. Tuesday, the players are off. So as coaches, we're literally making sure we've got all the information ready for the week. And then we start presenting to them on Wednesdays because Wednesdays we've got walkthroughs, practices, meetings, all of that. And we try and break it down in sections. So it might be on Wednesdays, it might be first and second downs. Mm -hmm. Tuesdays, uh, I mean, sorry, Thursdays might be third downs and two minute. Fridays might be red zone, you know? So we're giving it to them information in chunks Mm -hmm. and we make sure everyone's doing the same thing. So offense is doing uh third down and and two minute well so is defense and so is special teams so we know we're all we're all on the same page and practice is going to reflect that as well yeah and and how beautiful is it to see a play constructed you've done the research you've done everything then you see it on the field and it works like how is that feeling (laughs) yeah it's great i mean and it's great it's great when you're like, okay, they're in the exact look that we've wanted for this. You know, it doesn't really happen that often, but when it does, it's awesome. You know, it's, or if you've got like our, our one-to-one matchup that we've been looking for this whole game, we're like, yep. And Josh or our, our quarterback sees it and he's able to, to give some sort of signal that that's what we're running. That's pretty cool. Like, because it shows that everyone's on the same page and we all are seeing the same thing, which is pretty yeah. powerful. That's not, and also speaking on Josh Allen, like obviously quarterback, well-renowned, um, and you you were there when it was his rookie season, and you look at him now, like he's one of the definitely one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. How how has, has his progression from his rookie season to now? Massive, massive progression. You know, it's been so great to see, and he he started as a rookie, right? Like in terms yeah. of making rookie errors, and I think at first he really tried to hold the whole team on his shoulders he felt like that was his role 
And as he's gotten more weapons around him, essentially, he's been able to kind of like divvy the ball up and and spread it out. So he doesn't feel like he has to have the burden of carrying the whole team because that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And it and it used to force him to make, you know, not great decisions where he was rolling out and throwing the ball across his body, across the field, or, you know, when he should have just thrown out of bounds. He's you can see him now being so much more cognizant of the situation of the defense of the players. Um, and those are things that aren't easy, you know, and, and his first year defenses love to give rookies a hard time. They yeah. love to, you know, make it show one thing and make it look like something else and then do something totally different. So that's tough when you're a rookie, you're trying to take it all in. People are trying to kill you. Like, so, <laughs> you know, now it's great to see him. He's, he's always been a leader. He's always gotten the love and respect of the players, but He's just done a, a brilliant job. And that has a lot to do with the support he's had around him as well. You know, Matt Barkley has been his right-hand man and, and helps him. He's got great, great coaches around him, just a great support system to really help him thrive and be successful. Yeah. And from that season, what was your own personal highlight that you felt you have maybe accomplished or had the chance of experiencing? Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. So it was actually, I mean, there's a lot of greats, like, when we, when we beat the Vikings in, in Minnesota, like that level of euphoria, I think it was our first win as well. You know, if you could feel that and bottle that up and sell it, like everyone would be on a high. It's just insane. Um, I think I had a lot of growth moments, but what I loved was actually in our off season during OTAs, I was able, my coach, uh, Rob Boris, he basically gave me the rookies. He was like, look, tight ends are yours install the offensive playbook, get them, you know, literally treat them as if they're yours. And, and that was probably the biggest growth moment for me, you know, being able to install like an NFL playbook. I had Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, like all these awesome players. And, and that was, that was massive for me because it showed me how much I had grown and developed. It gave me so much responsibility, you know, making sure we were doing walkthroughs together. It helped me understand the playbook even more. So there were a ton of positives to it. Yeah. And also, do when you watch the Bills now, can you see elements of what you've inputted in their place today? Can you see, oh, I broke that. You know, I did that. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to say that it was me, but it's definitely a team effort. <laughs> yeah, of course. Or you contributed in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, and it's great to see. It's great to see them be successful. These guys are so talented. And, and it's great, really, to see Coach McDermott's message that mm -hmm. he's been building you know, that he, the vision he laid out from day one to see that really coming to fruition is, is a pretty special thing. Yeah. And also, did you believe that they could kick on this quickly, you know, from a six and 10 season to a AFC championship game, unfortunate to lose to the Chiefs? Yeah, for sure. I said it to, I was talking to, I mean, I've said it to a couple of people when I was there, I was like, don't you guys worry, they will be in the Super Bowl. Like you just feel it. You just have mm. this, sense when you're around it and you feel the energy and you see the passion and the direction that they're going you know it was uh yeah it was definitely something I knew was going to happen I didn't know when it was going to happen but I thought definitely within the four years just mm -hmm. because coach McDermott is is an amazing leader and it's more so about just making sure you have the right people in the building to help support the vision and, and carry that out okay that's cool that's cool so you've done your season at the Buffalo Bills what happens after that? 
So after that, I've come back to the UK, um, which I'm loving. I've got um, my company with my colleague, Kenny Bello. We've got our UK Dukes, and that's been awesome. You know, just really growing the grassroots level of the sport, doing obviously pre-lockdown pre and all that. We were doing camps and clinics across the country and into Europe. Uh, we've got our children's book out now, all about flag football and a little bit of female empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've been working with NFL flag. We've got NFL Academy. I mean, there's like crazy amounts that are going on. And between the two of us, we wear so many different hats within the British American football game. Um, it's just been nuts. So yeah, in the States right now, but just working, you know, staying busy, doing a bit more Sky Sports, which has been really cool. Yeah, so you uh, up a day, NFL overtime, is it? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's definitely been a great learning experience for me. And I'm, you know, ideally long-term, I get back with the team, but I know, I think one of the important lessons I've learned along the way is that I used to feel like an opportunity only came once. And actually that's, that's changed in my mind. I think opportunities are made by you. So I'm not afraid of, oh my gosh, this is my only opportunity. I have to do this. It's more like, okay, I will create my own opportunities and I'll take advantage of them when they come. Yeah. And also you're the captain of the Great Britain's women's team. Speak about your experience there and like, how has that been as well? Oh, I love it. Honestly, I love my teammates. They're just the coolest and you know, the, the awesome thing about football and is that it's like, it just brings everyone together from such different backgrounds. And I get to learn about everyone mm. and, you know, they work so hard. We've got um, next year, hopefully we'll have our world championships in Finland. Wow. So we're, yeah. So we'll be, we're in, we're kind of in a, a changeover process in terms of head coaches. So we'll have a whole new look to our program, which I'm pumped for. And then in terms of flag football, we have our world championships in Mallorca, Spain in October. So working towards that too. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's great, but it's great to see my teammates having so much success. A lot of them have gotten jobs out in either like in Sweden, some have gotten some contracts to go out to the States to play. So it's, it's pretty cool that it's becoming an opportunity for them to play as a job. Yeah. And especially, how would you, as like a, a woman, how would you promote American football to like the girls, watch people who don't really see it as a pathway? What would you say to them? I think, I think the first off is like, just give it a try. Mm. You know, you don't, it, it seems scary at first, but like we're all starting from the same level playing field. And mm. it's, it's the, the way it makes you feel, the like way it empowers you, especially as a female is, just something that you can like never replace it's incredible you just feel so much more confident just through playing a sport and the the people you meet in it are are also loving and wonderful um I, I think it, what's key and that's something that the NFL has done a great job of is making it so that females are more visible within the sport mm. you know it's like anything even in in soccer football if we had more people more females that were at higher levels I'd bet little little girls and almost more importantly, little boys would see that as the norm. Yeah, and I think 100%. that's, yeah, that's the difference, right? It's fine if it's great that girls think they can achieve this, but we need to make sure that whatever your gender is, it doesn't matter as long as you realize 
this is something that I can achieve or this is something that's normal. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I've grown up with a, a female football coach or a female referee or, you know, a female GM. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, and it's fantastic because we see this weekend Sarah Thomas is going to be the first female referee in the Super Bowl. Like, how amazing is that? Yeah, it's so cool. You know, she's done a great job. She's been working so hard for so long. So for her to, you know, get this this role essentially of being in the Super Bowl, plus there's a bunch of, there's a couple athletic trainers who will be there. Uh, we've got Coach Lowe and MJ from Tampa Bay. I mean, they're, these women have worked so hard. They've earned every step of recognition that they get. So I'm just so excited. I, I'm cheering for the Bucks for that reason, just because yeah. I, I want their success, you know? Yeah. And plus the Chiefs beat the Bills as well. So that's another reason. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And let's move on to the, the quiz, the flex oh, quiz. Oh. <laughs> one you've been dreading the whole time. I hate now, quizzes. <laughs> yeah, it will be all right. It'll be all right. There's going to be six questions. The first five questions are each worth uh, two points each, like one point for getting it right and a bonus point question. And then the final question, which is the most difficult, is worth six points. Oh so, <laughs> it's all on NFL. So, and you've been in the NFL. You've worked there, so this should be a... That doesn't mean I know anything about facts. <laughs> you a piece of cake. Are you ready? Sure. Right, cool. Question number one. Before the Bills win against Indianapolis Colts in the in the divisional wildcard game? Yeah, the wildcard game. The Buffalo Bills hadn't won a playoff game in how many years? I'll give you multiple choice. 25? Oh, is that your final answer? Or do you want me to read the options? No, I think, it, I mean, you can read my options if you'd like. Uh, A, 20 years, B, 15 years, C, 25 years, or D, 20 years? C. Yeah, 25 years. That's correct. Point <laughs> on the board. And a bonus point if you can tell me who they faced back 25 years ago. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'd imagine it'd be like the Patriots, <laughs> someone annoying. Nah, it was the, the, it was the Miami Dolphins. In oh, the, the Dolphins. Room. Yeah. There we go. 25 <laughs> years ago. Cool. Question number two. Which player has the most career touchdowns in NFL history? Is it A, Jerry Rice, B, Emmitt Smith, C, Tyrell Owens, or D, Randy Moss? A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Rice, that's correct. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, for the bonus point, if you can tell me the correct number, but if you get it within five either side, I'll give you the point. Because that's a quite a difficult question. Uh, oh my gosh. I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Any guess? Okay, I'll give you a clue. It's over 100, if that helps. <laughs> 200? Uh, yeah, uh, two, it's 208. Uh, <laughs> that's not even close. I won't take it. I won't take it. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. I appreciate it, though. Yeah, 208. <laughs> Yes, the most. Um, Emmett Smith's got 175, Tara Owens 156, and Randy Moss 157. Okay. Question three. You should get this correct. Oh, gosh. This is when it all goes wrong, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> when did Sean McDermott become the Bills coach? A, 20. oh, A, 2014, B, 2015, C, 2016, or D, 2017? D. 
Correct, 2017. And for the bonus point, what was his record in this first season with the Buffalo Bills? Uh, they made it to the playoffs. Yeah. So, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't actually know. That's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Any guess? Has it a guess? Maybe they win 12 games? Nah, not not they won. They actually won. They won nine games, nine and nine. seven. Oh, that was yeah. it. Okay. And they lost, yeah, they lost to the Jags in the wild card round, which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Nah, this one I think you should definitely get it correct. You can't say that. Yeah, you get it wrong. You're like, dang, <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> okay, what was the Bills' record this season? Oh, God. Uh, oh um, options. Yeah, sir. Sure, go for it. Uh, A twelve and four. B thirteen and three, C fourteen and two, or D eleven and five. What was the what was C? Fourteen and two. The fourteen and two. Gonna go yeah. fourteen and two. What was what was B again? Thirteen and three. B. Thirteen and three is correct. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen and three. And for the bonus point. What was the score in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs? Terrible. It was like 33 to 20. It wasn't like, I think they got, I think it was like 22 or something like that. Ooh, you got close with the Bills, but the Chiefs got 38. It was 38, 24. 30, dang, it's probably blocked out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, 30 and 3 to get second, play, I mean, it's pretty, pretty harsh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They got destroyed, though. <laughs> yeah. And que question five, second to last. Which team is tied with the Patriots for the most Super Bowls? Is it A, no team is tied, B, Pittsburgh Steelers, C, 49ers, or D, the New York Giants? I don't think a team is tied. I could be wrong. Um, I don't think it's well. What's B again? Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So Steelers, then 49ers, the Giants, or no team is tied. I think no team is tied, or it's the Giants <laughs> from back in the day. We'll go with no team. I think it's wrong, but that's fine. Yeah, you're wrong. No, it's no, 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 no team. No, there, there is a team tied, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got Steelers. six. Yeah, Dang. Okay. I haven't won one in a long time, but yeah, the Steelers. And for the bonus point, how many Super Bowls do the Steelers have? It'd be six, right? Because they're tied. Yeah, six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah six. I'll take the bonus point though. Yeah, you get, <laughs> the bonus point, you get the bonus point. <laughs> now, question six. This one is a timed one, but I think you could get it. Okay, in one minute, and tell me when you're ready. You're going to name me all 14 teams that made it into the NFL playoffs this season. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. All right, tell me when to start. Uh, Actually, I'll, I'll give you two minutes. Be nice. Two minutes. All 14 teams. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you can start whenever. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start now. So, Buffalo, Browns. Um, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, 
uh, um, Ravens. Yep. Washington. Yep. Rams, Broncos. I'm trying to think of who has all the female coaches. <laughs> um, Green Bay. Yep. Saints. Yep. I need four more. Well, you've named one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Four more. Yeah, four more. Yeah, four more. Steelers. Did I yep. say Kansas? I said Kansas City, right? You said Kansas City already. Titans. Titans, yeah. Seahawks. Yep. How many am I missing? One, two. A minute left. You're missing. Oh, two Colts. More. Colts. One more. Who else is there? <laughs> You're missing one team. Just one team. Just one. Thirty seconds. Bears. Yes, there we yeah. go. The Bears is correct. Oh, no, this because no one even thought about the Bears this year. <laughs> yeah, no one thinks of the Bears, but yeah, no. you got you get all five bonus points because you named them correct. So out of 15, you get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten out of 15. Not bad, not bad. Nice. (laughs) You actually, to be fair, you named the Broncos who didn't make the playoffs, but I'll still give you the the bonus points. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Now we're going to move on to some listeners' questions. Okay. Now... Um, what needs to be done, in your opinion, to boost women's participation of American football in England? I think there there needs to be the visibility of the sport. I think also reaching out to people who aren't within the sport. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I think within American football, we're quite insular and we just kind of keep pushing the same information to each other. We need to like branch out a little bit. Um, having more like celebration of of the great role models that are out there. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the, the biggest things. You know, if we're having games, advertising those more just for people to come down and, yeah. and just try and get involved and taster days, development days, just to introduce people to the sport. Yeah, and also I'd add on um, equipment as well because when I was in school, there was no American football at all for even the yeah. boys. Like there was not really much there. And I think yeah. having more teams and stuff like that will help too. Definitely. And, and like you're saying, getting involved with the kids from a young age, so schools, programs, introducing them to the sport, you know, from when they're in primary school is, is a great way because at least then they know about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what surprised you the most about your time at the Buffalo Bills? Um, I probably didn't. I mean, I always knew like what an NFL schedule was like, but I probably didn't really know what an NFL <laughs> schedule was like until you live it. Uh, so that was interesting because you're essentially there July, end of July through till the postseason. And yeah. I think you only days off for bye week. So that's like a 
I mean, and for coaches, that's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you get three days off for the whole time. (laughs) Otherwise you're working seven days a week and it's a bit, it's a bit mad like that. (laughs) Cool. Who's the most influential coach or person in your life? And what, what is the best advice that they gave to you? Ooh, um, that's a very good question. Uh, I feel like I've got a few really great people, but I think even the opportunities thing I was saying before, like Scott Pioli taught me that and he's been an incredible mentor to me and, and he continues to support me and, you know, just believe in me. I think that's so key, yeah. but you know, he's definitely, he made me realize that opportunities will come your way if you, you work hard and, um, you, you know, you're passionate and a good person. Yeah. Um, which coaches do you look at and say, and try and model your game on or who inspire you? Yeah. So definitely coach McDermott. Um, mm. I, I love everything that he, the culture he's created and, and what his vision is, um, in the UK, we've got a coach by the name of Wayne Hill, and he's got such good energy. He's so passionate, so dedicated to his players. Um, I love that. And, and, and coach Lowe at Tampa Bay, because she is the epitome of hard work and, you know, she just gets after it every single day. And the fact that she started her career in her late forties, you know, and that's pretty incredible. And that's a really big risk to take, but she's done it. So yeah, I feel very fortunate to have so many inspirational people around me. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Advice for people who want to get into American football. Well, what would you, how would you sell it to them and be like, you should get involved. This is a really great sport. I think first you have to try it. You have got to come down and just experience fun, you know, even if it's flag football, like that's a really great way to get involved because the people you're going to meet are so welcoming. We're all on the same level playing field in terms of our base understanding of the sport, you know, so there's no egos like that. Um, And there's a position for everyone. You can have someone who's four foot 11 playing on the same team as someone who's six foot four. So no matter what your body type is or what you look like, we all just come together as one big family. So it's, it's pretty special. Yeah. What's the best atmosphere you've experienced while coaching? I mean, any Buffalo home game is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely its own level of awesome and crazy. You know, the tailgates are wild. Like as a coach, obviously we don't get to go there. Like, but you just, even driving in, just seeing it and witnessing the dedication and passion of the fans. Everyone's dressed like wild people it is minus degrees outside and people oh. are there supporting, <laughs> chanting. Yeah. So that's probably the best atmosphere because you want to be a part of it. And it's really, you know, they become the 12th man for the team. Yeah. Um, what are your like early football memories? Like what's your like, sporting moments? Do you look and think of, wow, like, that's a great play that just happened? You know, I think actually to my own time of playing and I look back to 2015 when we had our European Championships as GB in Spain and we were underdogs coming into that ter- that tournament. We had only played 11-a-side football twice, predominantly played five-a-side and we came in and we got second place, but it was the most amazing thing. Like the we were all so proud of each other and we'd given everything that we had got 
to get that second place and all the other teams were cheering for us. I mean, it was, it was a pretty emotional and special moment and something that I will always remember. Mm. What's your, I mean, you've achieved a lot in the game. It's hard to say, but what's your favorite achievement of your journey so far? That's so tough. It it generally (laughs) is, you know, and even I turned 30 like last year, whatever it was. And I was like, I've done nothing in my life. I've got to, I've got to set my bar higher. Um, I think it's important for me to reflect and realize what I've done is pretty cool with, with getting a job within the NFL, writing this children's book, something I never thought that I would do. Um, you know, I think, I think if my greatest achievement is that I've been able to help people or add value to their lives in some way, shape or form, it doesn't matter if it's in football or if it's just inspiring someone, a young girl or boy, for me, that's, that's what I want because that actually carries weight that carries value to me even if it's not tangible I think if you can benefit someone else's life that's really key yeah do you have any regrets or is there any parts of your journey where you feel like you should have done things better or would you change anything I think you naturally will have things as a competitor that you always want to do better and I think it's important to review and reflect upon that but also know you can't change anything so it's more a matter of what can I do going forward so that I'm not in that situation or so that I when I am in that situation I make sure I make better decisions or be better for for someone so yeah I wouldn't say I wouldn't say um regret as much as it's more reflection and I think reflection is key to growth uh do you have any favorite NFL players um I, I love my tight ends. They're just awesome. Charles Clay was my dude. Like when we were in Buffalo together, you know, he'll always have a, a special place in my heart, but you know, my, my DBs at Buffalo, uh, Levi Wallace, him, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, those guys are, you know, a little troublesome trio and they're just, <laughs> they're awesome. They're, yeah. I'm very fortunate to have them in my life like that. That's good. That's cool. And I was going to change it, but I won't say Brady or Josh Allen, but I don't want to cause any conflict there, but we'll just change it to <laughs> Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Who are you? Okay. I mean, I'd say, I have to say Brady. You know, Aaron Rodgers is great and he's been fun to watch, but I don't, I think even, there was never a question of Brady being the GOAT or not, right? He's always been unbelievable. Mm. But what's happened now with him coming to Tampa Bay, a whole new system, a yeah. new team, and and to be able to get to a Super Bowl again, I mean, we're looking at greatness beyond American football. Yeah. He is, he is no matter what sport you're looking at, an absolute elite athlete. And that's something I think we'll very rarely see in our in our time as fans. <laughs> yeah, especially given how old he is. He's 42, 43. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. Incredible. Incredible. So <laughs> Brady or Mahomes. So this is interesting because obviously we'll see this matchup this weekend and Mahomes is like a, a younger, sharper version of Brady in some ways, you know, he might not have the, not yet have the same experience and the vision of the field like Brady does, you know, throwing into tight windows, knowing how to put his guys in the right position, things like that. But Mahomes will definitely be a legend for a while. Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's fair to compare them yet, but 
I mean, I think it'd be hard to bet against the Chiefs this weekend with Mahomes at the helm. Yeah, and just a final question, um, another question, who you got for the Super Bowl? Yeah, so it's probably going to have to be Chiefs for this one. I want the Bucks. I really, really do just because I love my my coaches and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, the Chiefs are, they have the momentum right now. They've been killing it, you know. They've been, they've been incredible. And I think the way that they're able to pick apart a defense, they've also got a pretty decent defense. Um, I, I just think, you know, the – Honey Badger. <laughs> yeah, Honey Badger – You've got your Travis Kelsey's, Tyreek Hills. I mean, they got a lot of weapons and they they're getting better week in and week out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it's gonna be a great game. Oh, of course. Who do you have? I don't after hearing of like Eric no Eric Fisher, it's hard for me to say the Chiefs, but is and it's at Tampa's home. But I want the Chiefs to win because I like my home. Like he's one of my favorite players. Of course, he's such a great player. And I don't want him to have a losing Super Bowl. I wanted to no. just go like six and zero or four and zero, so I'll I say know. I'll say the Chiefs just because of my homes. But I would not be surprised if Tampa won because they've got weapons like JPP on defense. I mean. Oh yeah, their defense <laughs> is unreal, yeah. unreal. So it'll be a good game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and what's next for for you? Like you're still so young, you've accomplished a lot. What's next for you? And what do you hope to accomplish? <laughs> um. You know, I, I want to continue to give other females platforms to be able to, you know, develop themselves, creating coach development workshops and, and networks. Um, I, I would love to get back with a team. So mm-hmm. seeing what happens with that, just coaching, you know, we've got our, I'm with our GB under 19s back in the UK, which I love. And I love, I love my guys, you know, they're awesome. Um, it just, there's no replacement for, being around elite sport 24 seven like that, you know, and being a part of something greater than yourself is, is pretty special. So those are my hopes. We will see what happens, but I'm just going to keep working hard, growing the game and and doing my best for people. It will happen. It will definitely happen. You've done so much already. And like, (laughs) you're just like a great, what you've accomplished, you'll get more opportunities just through that. And just a final question. um, What like, uh, advice would you give to people who are playing American football at the moment who are in the UK how would you encourage them to keep on going and if they have aspirations of being in the NFL because you know what it takes you've been around elite athletes so what do yeah. they need to do to get to that level put in the work you have got to be working when no one's looking because all these guys have been doing that for their whole lives and Sometimes it's not easy, but you've got to keep that goal and that vision in your mind to power you through it all. Um, but if you can do that, I, you know, and you put yourself around good people and great coaching, there's a lot of, a lot of hope for you. But I, I think the key is, you know, if, if NFL is your goal, that's amazing. And I love that, but make sure that you're also along the way giving back because who knows who's going to make it in the NFL and who, who isn't Um, there's lots of other opportunities out there. And don't, if, if the NFL doesn't happen for you, don't be upset about it. Just find the positives and see how, what you've done so far can contribute to perhaps helping someone else try and achieve their goals as well. Wow. And that's a perfect note to end on. Once again, thank you Phoebe for coming on the pod. I really appreciate you taking your time. All the best of what you want to accomplish. And good luck to all the teams you're working with. 
the Great Britain under-19s, your women's national team, all the best on Sky Sports with your book. <laughs> so, much. so, but I hope you have a good weekend and we'll keep in touch. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely to chat with you. That's nice. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Bye.